America is a lie. Anger, sexual lust, the sorts of things that you experience when you're playing a video game. All these concepts originated with Karl Marx. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Agab. All gamers are bastards, whether you like it or not. I am joined, as always, by the only co-host that a video game podcast could ever ask for, Labor Kyle. Hello, Kyle. It is against the law to not um, have me on your podcast. That's true. And I do regular checks on every other podcast to make mm-hmm. sure. And the the punishment is... Uh, it, it's. It's harsh. Yeah, it, it's it's fucked up. Yeah, it's straight straight to the straight to jail. Like like a like it's it's a space prison. Like uh the the thing that like Superman throws people into it, maybe. That's literally <laughs> that's literally exactly what I was thinking of, but I couldn't remember how to describe it appropriately. So so what we're saying is uh, we're in favor of prison abolition, just not for podcasters. No. Because they know what they've they know what they've done, yeah. and they will never and they will never be forgiven. That's correct, right. and that has always been the position of the podcast. And as you can hear, we are joined by John and Ash from the Horror Vanguard, who will be either the first or the last podcasters thrown into space prison. I'm not a hundred percent sure. How you guys doing? Oh, you, you know it's first. It's got to be first. It's got to yeah. be first. We we refuse to bend the knee, uh, so you will have to listen to. Hell is into the podcasting gulag, and um, we we refuse to learn. We refuse to grow. We refuse to do any better. <laughs> well, I was I was just thinking the the ideal punishment in podcaster space prison is just me reading an endless pricey to all the detainees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you're right. Then we're gonna have to throw you guys in first. <laughs> yeah. This is. Spoilers for the impending war between our podcasts. The war between the podcasts, as they'll call it. They will, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they couldn't think of a cleverer name, because all the podcasters <laughs> were locked up. That normally yeah. falls to us, you see. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, we're doing good. I have, a, I have a crate of Monster Energy drink, which I've just been shotgunning most of the day. That's right. Um, so Hell yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm feeling ready to take a good long discursive walk today. Beautiful. And I've I've uh, I, I want to announce that I've officially uh, I'm changing my name as of this podcast to Ash Podcasterman um, <laughs> in, in celebration of what we're talking about. So, <laughs> and I, I picked that because I have a podcasting studio lodged in my chest that I use to talk to my dead infant son, who's also my dad. <laughs> that makes it's- sense. I mean, our show has always been so symbolic, and sometimes people just don't get it. But the the answers are there. The answers are there. You know, if you know how to, if you know how to listen. Yeah, da- dads are babies. Babies are you, and you're a beach. That's the. That's, if podcasts have taught me anything, it's that. You know. Yeah, listen. <laughs> just, just, and maybe the whole thing is also America. Okay. <laughs> it's it's pretty straightforward. You wake up, get on the grind set, work for the app, kill a whale with a rocket launcher, and mm-hmm. soon enough, you'll be in heaven, which is also just a really shitty beach. Yeah. yeah. So so you you figured that to be heaven, did you? Oh, I mean like purgatory. 
All right. Well, listen. That was, that was, it was maybe, Florida. Maybe my guess. I had spoilers. It's just Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I mean, I feel like it's often experience. raining. I was concerned it might have been England. Ooh. Um, but I suppose worst beaches in the world. Too contest. scary. Too scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that changes a lot. Like, ugh, man. I just I oh, feel de- I feel depressed now. I died yeah. and now I'm on the Morecambe Sand Flat for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's right, folks. We're talking about Death Stranding today. Hideo Kojima's uh, latest, I believe, video game, and I think his first um, as as a free man, free from uh, uh, Konami, right? I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good on him. Um, he can finally tell the stories he needs to to exercise all of the things that he's feeling about his dad and son. So, here here's the first question that you guys really we have to think about: was this a, was this a good game? Did we did we enjoy this game? Okay, okay i i have to I have to point this out, which is um i i am I am the newest the newest gamer. I I have not played any Kojima games beforehand. And everyone was, was like, uh, oh, Kojima's a great writer. It's a great writer. And I was like, oh, okay, right. cool. I, I, my, I'm, a, I'm a professional literary critic. I was excited. And then uh, we get to meet the president. And it turns out the president is our mom. <laughs> and then I was like, gamers have no taste. Gamers have no taste. Yeah. <laughs> president mommy was the was President the mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's literally that's literally a joke in an episode of Futurama. So like, like yeah. um, so so uh, was this a good game? E- eventually, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. That's just my take. I felt similarly because I um I played like the first couple hours of it and then I didn't pick it up again for probably a couple months. Um. It took me a while to be like, do I want to play more of this? I'm so glad I did, because I think it does, it, I think it picks up and gets really interesting. But also, I don't I feel like, I feel like this is Kojima's sense of humor. Like, I think this is meant to be funny, right? That you're fucking, you roll up in like the first 10 minutes and it's like, oh, my mom's the president. And I'm like pissed about it. I'm Norman Reedus. Ugh. I don't know. I think that's meant to be funny, but I might be—I I might just because that I find it funny. I don't know. What'd you think of it, Ash? Oh, uh, I thought it was uh, miserable, insufferable, uh, and kind of condescending. But all of those things are good somehow in this game. <laughs> and like a reason I haven't figured out yet. Like I, I, I loved how much this game didn't like me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, this this game very much does not give a fuck about you as as yeah. an as an individual, but as the idea of players or the idea of like uh kind of like account. I think the the the, the kind of passive multiplayer esque mechanic is actually very cool. So like, no, as an individual, Hideo Kojima doesn't give a shit about you, but as, <laughs> but as like as like someone who is who is. <laughs> Engaged in a massive, uh, a massive, engineered exercise that is designed to produce altruistic and positive outcomes. Uh, yeah, totally. And this is why I think it's. I think it's a. I think it's a super interesting game. I think it's a super interesting oh, game. Oh yeah, yeah. I, but I still don't know if I would call it good. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I, I don't. I, I, I haven't had to think this hard about a game I've played in like forever. Exactly. And and I love that about yeah. this game. Like, um, but in order in order to get to that, I had to like pretend to work for Amazon Prime during the apocalypse, <laughs> which I don't know how I feel about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly very preoccupied with like the gig economy. <laughs> I feel like that's a huge central <laughs> yeah. thing in this game. Kyle, what did you what did you think? I, I think that like it's one of the more interesting through lines between Death Stranding and the Metal Gear series is the kind of like general sort of in-game critique of the way that games oftentimes, especially especially nowadays, um, seem to exist just to like feed the power fantasies of the player. They're not hard. Or they're so hard that they cease being video games and start being like, you know, cheese machines or whatever. Like, there's no balance. I think of like, I contrast it with uh, like, I don't know, and literally any Call of Duty, for example, which is like, there's there's the experience of Death Stranding, which is, you know, to be both confused it's a game that's just literally confusing in every single aspect of of itself it's confusing to play it's confusing to follow the story but also it's it's confusing to follow the intentions behind the story while contrasting that with like i was writing an article one time for about call of duty uh uh, call of duty black ops cold war um that didn't end up getting published but one thing I found, the most interesting experience I had in that game was when I walked through, I was sneak, your sarcastic quotation mark, sneaking through this like behind enemy lines, essentially sneaking through while like gunshots are going off and stuff. But like you, yeah. you, you walk through someone's apartment and there's an action sequence to where someone goes into a different room and then you're able to sort of sneak out. Well, and, and like it, it gives the simulation of an environment to where you could be caught in that apartment. But if you just stand there, like no one ever comes back out. Like and the, the audio stops immediately. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, this is nothing. This is like, this is a bad movie. A bad, not, it's not even good. Like it's a, and while Metal Gear Solid definitely, especially toward the end of the series, got really leaned into its sort of playfulness. And sort of went out on mm. a sandbox, right? Like, and, you know, mm-hmm. making jokes about the box and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was always kind of, it was always balanced by like the sort of changes in the series. And the Death Stranding is really just like the, f- the, f- it's just all negative. It's a condensed negativity, which is what I find so interesting about it and also so st- stupid. Uh, <laughs> because like you know dead man is frankenstein and you know president mommy and like like dads are babies and like it's dads are babies i think what's actually good about it and which which as john alluded to earlier only comes after like 
experiencing way too much of the game, which again seems, you know, at least somewhat intentional, is that it has this kind of like, you know, vast sense of storytelling, but from below. And it's one of the more interesting post-apocalyptic societies I've ever seen, which are usually so wedded to the conflicts of the 20th century. And Kojima just already did that and was like, okay, now it's time to do... What if that movie about the beach that makes you old is rain? And also there are, you know, <laughs> the, it's a bridge baby. And what it is, it, is it a, is it a literal bridge or is it a figurative bridge? And it's like, Jesus, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. What is What is this? I, I feel Which like is infrastructure is, is really an important sort of yeah. motif here. Right. Internet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um because i mean the the um the the whole game is just kind of like this is what it's like to be depressed and have a job and it's gonna yeah. sun <laughs> and you're just gonna trudge through the mud and the uh I don't, demon ghost goop uh to bring you know some jerk off his fucking ceramics or whatever and that's your <laughs> life forever asshole um because i'm i think uh, I don't know if he ages. He probably ages. I just think you can't die from the, the, the ghosty things. I forget his deal, but your guy's kind of uh, unkillable. But when, as you play through the game, you and uh, other players kind of collectively develop little bits of infrastructure. You know, maybe you build a zip line to get up to the top of like a, a big annoying hill that the first time you went up to it was a pain in the ass. Maybe someone else builds a little little bit of a road or a bridge over some water right and it gets a little easier and kind of by the end you're you've got like a little car you're cruising and making deliveries that were like a fucking ordeal at the beginning of the game and i found that kind of interesting because it's you know it, it it's not super complicated really when you break it down but the mechanics are tying into the theme of sort of like persevering rebuilding trying to just continue to be alive and to make it work even though again cannot stress enough everything extremely fucking sucks <laughs> mm -hmm. yep <laughs> and i feel that yeah they're, they're like the experience of playing this game for me was was really kind of like unsettling in a way um like like this game comes out like like uh right before COVID hits and and the whole premise of this game is there is like a worldwide mass casualty apocalypse and you're still working for this garbage app, which is now the most important thing in the world is for you to deliver your monster energy trademark drink beverages <laughs> uh, to, to someone in one city over and reconstitute the Amazon prime shopping network while you're doing it. Yeah. And then like, it, it, it's like uh, uh, historically, I feel like the, this is like the, the like perfect game for like the COVID moment. It weirdly just bottles a, a lot of this experience. Yeah, uh, bo bottles it along with piss to make into grenades to throw at ghosts. <laughs> uh, like it, uh, my my read on it is that like, and perhaps the reason that this had such a kind of strange reception is that in places this is this is this is a weird game, and is yeah. sometimes quite an unpleasant or counterintuitive game to engage with. But I think on the level of affect. The biggest thing about this is that this game is like achingly sincere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there, there is there like 
everything everything in this is done without any sense of kind of like cynicism. It's done often very self-aware. A lot of the emotional beats are are almost like cartoonishly uh, simple and straightforward. Um, and I think to me, maybe that's maybe that's one of the reasons why it kind of kind of rubs some people up the wrong way, right? Like, firstly, it makes competitive violence, which is, as we all know, the basis of gaming, into a massive pain in the backside if you actually mm-hmm. if you actually want to in- inflict fatal violence on another person in this game. That's a massive uh, burden. And secondly, it is... Uh, basically, what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that this is perhaps the best adaptation of the Kevin Cosner film, The Postman, that we could ever <laughs> possibly have gotten. <laughs> Ride, Postman! <laughs> it is so sincere, isn't it? Yeah, like, Kojima believes in you. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, it's it's very very Absolutely. simple. It's very very it's it's uh which is why by the end of it you go okay I've gone with you through all of this fucking bullshit that you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, honestly by the end of it I'm like you know what I'm in I I I still don't know whether I would say this is a good game but I say I would say that it's like a deeply it's deeply sincere which in a, in a kind of cultural age which is uh kind of racked with cynicism almost on a structural level yeah like that Zizekian, um ideological cynicism that he talks about, um, it's 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 a sort of refreshing experience to be like, uh, Kojima believes all of this and wants you to believe it too. Yeah, and it's it uh, it's almost welcome because I mean, for me, the best parts of the game are just when you're really lonesomely trudging, you know, from point A to B. Every now and then, you'll kind of come over a hill. And you'll see like the vista of a new area and like one of the the few songs in the soundtrack will kick in. It's mostly a very quiet game. And that it, like it's it feels good. It it but feels very, mm-hmm. very lonely. And again, bringing it back to being like a COVID uh, a COVID game, I guess. Uh you know, it, it you feel isolation a lot. But every now and then you do get to go interact with another character. And when they have these like painfully sincere emotional moments, it's like I kind of needed this. I've been alone in the fucking wilderness for hours. Uh-huh. Let's go. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, it's it's almost comforting in a weird way, especially I think a lot of the stuff around Mads Mikkelsen's character, who, by the way, is really good in this. I'm, yeah, a, I'm a, amazing. Yeah, I'm, I am. I am a Mads stan yeah. now. Like same. He fucking he fucking kills it in this. So good. Mikkelsen appreciation podcast is what this is. <laughs> from here on out. Don't worry. It's okay. I'll always be with you. Like, I, I still just remember when, when they were, like, announcing little facts about Kojima's new project, and it was, like, Guillermo del Toro, Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. And, 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 I'm, and I'm just sitting there, I'm just like, uh, okay, whatever this is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, yeah. Is, is this a Candy Crush clone? I'm all in. Here's all my money, sure. <laughs> I love the, the decision to, like, model the characters after the actors as well. And it's like, it's not a surprise that Kojima's now opened a, a film studio. It's like, he wanted to make a movie. <laughs> yeah, 100 <laughs> Really 100, bad. 100%. Oh, oh, yeah. Kojima's always been very cinematic, even in the early days when the when the technology really wasn't there to kind of achieve these things. 
Yeah. And it's always his attitude. It, it's almost always felt like you have David Lynch write a script and then hand it off to Michael Bay. Yes. And then you somehow get a Kojima game. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't like he has never condescended to his audience. Like really while still mm-hmm. being able to sort of like in, in all, in all of that, in all of the ugliness of this statement, be himself uh because we're never ourselves like and it really like i think i think what you were talking about john the sort of baked in cynicism of our cultural moment like that this this like firmly moves against that grain and uh, in in with a level of continuity in in holdover from his earlier work that i think so it, it would have surprised me if I hadn't read a bunch and heard a bunch about the game by the time that I already ended up playing it. And that still didn't mm-hmm. necessarily prepare me for actually playing it. Oh, same. Yeah, like, like the, the more I learned about this game and even while playing it, the more the more of Death Stranding that I encountered, the less I felt like I knew about Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah and and like the, the best way imaginable too it's like this, this this is the most hack thing in the world now and like games discourse tm but like one of the things that i really love about dark souls is that the more you learn about the game through playing it the more just kind of like weird questions you've got about why in the hell things are the way they are and and even as this game attempts to answer questions about why there are giant ghosts babies that sometimes turn into giant whales and all kinds of other fun things like the the, these answers are almost questions in and of themselves yeah this game is really the um the inverse of the uh of god of war 4 right where there's a clear delineation (laughs) between dad and boy and you kind (laughs) of know where everyone stands from the beginning in this one who's dad who's boy we're not sure same person maybe very complicated do we do we think that this is trying to do some kind of like dialectics because usually in gaming you're you're the special little boy with all of your special little treats and you'll forever win and be amazing but now you're also dad now i, I do not know mm. how long it took me but i was i was no not past halfway into this game where i i said out loud to myself Kojima is Hegelian. <laughs> I, 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 like I, a hundred percent believe this, and 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 has a very Hegelian view on time specifically. Mm. It's 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 like what if what if Tarkovsky decided to try and make video games? Like <laughs> no, like I think that's oh absolute. God. I think what's compelling about it, and it it's so close to something that we've been working on for episode two john and i've been working on for episode two of our show with zero books but it's this idea that like one thing that i've been looking at more nationalist cultural forms um and their the way that they interact with history and one thing that they've got going for them despite all of the problems and the hang-ups is that what it does is it reconstructs an historical moment using like it it realizes history in motion by actually doing something that's really really retro which is thinking about like the metaphysics of history and how Mm -hmm. rearranging and reconstructing time 
in a way to where the the different periods are merely different reflective surfaces on the same object um Mm -hmm. and that's really what he does here with the sort of like the way that beaches take on various forms based off of formative experience from individual people and how even bound to their perspective you're still able to sort of like understand the experience of history as this ineffable yet impactful and affective thing um it's like metaphysics because it's hard to sort of like pin down and readily describe um because it's sort of central meaning is always kind of fleeting but not out of this like sort of like alienating in the artistic sense postmodern sort of pastiche of nothing everything ergo nothing but really an inversion of this that places primacy on formative experience while not sort of disappearing inside of itself right like history and time are changed by our interaction with them and i think that's like i don't know just not like not not a lot of people are doing that kind of a thing what do you guys make of the beaches because i feel like i feel like there's something really interesting there especially with um uh i forget what this guy's called the guy who has who has like he puts himself into cardiac arrest every 20 minutes because he's trying to find his like his wife and kid who heart man heart man yeah (laughs) (laughs) of course of course obviously (laughs) yeah (laughs) I kept wanting to be like, no, he's he's not Die Hard Man, even though he is dying every 20 minutes. Yeah, Hartman, of course. Hartman, my man. Um, <laughs> and I think there's this really interesting thing where, because as we talked about before, there's this sort of uh, recurring loneliness to your job. And this, you know, all the, uh, the whole country is broken up into these cities who are totally disconnected and can't really, like, you know, move goods and stuff because the Amazon uh, infrastructure has crumbled. So you have to set it up so that Bezos can provide us all with all our little treats. Um, so everyone is very isolated, including in death, right? All the beaches are disconnected. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just kind of in their own shitty purgatory. And so I, I feel like that's a very interesting statement. Uh, and also, I feel like there's there's talk at a couple points about connecting beaches, but it seems like that's not a thing that can actually happen. I don't know. I don't fucking know. What is this game about? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's about uh, it's Monster about, Energy Drinks. Yeah, and Norman Reedus' new drink. show. It's right. That's right. <laughs> the sponsor of today's podcast. Every episode. One thing I would uh, I would I would suggest is that to me, the a lot of this game is concerned with the idea of indirect connection, and the fact that like even if immediate like so human social being is uh, kind of collapsed, there are still almost these kind of it is almost metaphysical. There are these still. Um, there are these connections and webs of processes within which we are inescapably enmeshed simply by virtue of uh, being, being at all. Consciousness connects you historically, even to those you've never, you've never met, uh, and you, you maybe never will. Um, 
and maybe the kind of closest thing that you kind of have to that is the the the, the idea of art, right? Art is that which connects us beyond the limitations of our own singular existence. But death is is the ultimate kind of like uh, devastation of that, right? Death is the is the ultimate act of severing of those cords of connection, which you may not even be aware of consciously, whilst you're lucky enough to be alive. Mm. Um, which is why, weirdly, even though I do think it's a deeply lonely game, I think at its core, it's quite hopeful. Yeah, definitely. That there's some way to move beyond or past the isolation that is reinforced and yeah. recurrent via these corporations. <laughs> I mean, in the end, <laughs> your your mother sister, I believe. I think I saw mm-hmm. that video on Pornhub. Um, she is, you, you find that she is this, uh, uh, extinction entity, right? Uh, she is the thing that's going to bring about, um, the, the final death stranding or whatever, where everything's going to be fucked up and turned into goop or, or, or whatever happens. And I believe that's, that's a verbatim quote from the game. Yeah. Right? I think, that's, I think that's what oh, she yeah, says. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sis, and sister mommy is my favorite night ranger song. and she um and you there's a actually i really like the scene again it's like super cheesy but also like kind of beautiful and like it's willingness to be this sincere where you the connection that you have with this person is kind of what stops this event from happening also i like that there's a scene uh where you you have a gun that for uh, convoluted reasons works on the beach and yep. you have an opportunity to shoot her, but you can't actually shoot her. Right. Norman Reedus yeah, isn't going to fucking shoot her. We call, we call that a gamer move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, magic beach gun. So it, I love the magic beach gun. Cause the whole time I'm like, how exactly did this fuck it? It doesn't matter. Um, but uh, the in, in a game that is so uh, preoccupied with with loneliness, um, I and but with that theme of attempting to sort of rebuild these connections via monster energy drink uh, transportation, the fact that uh, an actual human connection plays a, a significant role in, I guess, stopping the the end of the world in in the end of the game is a pretty. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that's a, a final kind of hopeful note to go out on. Will that end and your baby s- self? You as a baby? Is that maybe uh, being able to be removed from the pod at the end? So I'm trying to remember the baby's one, you, one, right? Are you? I think you were a different baby. You were the original <laughs> baby. You yeah you were you were a baby that is no longer a baby but you're still a baby to the guy who's also a ghost who a boss anyway. baby well, yeah so <laughs> BB, so BB stands yeah. for boss baby by the way yeah uh, oh, yeah it does okay so the boss baby is just a boss baby but Norman Reedus sees you in it because he's your dad right that's so so one one of the things that I think is like it, for for me was really interesting in the playing of this is is there's so much like this kind of like capitalist realism to the game, right? There's an attempt to fix the unfixable. And when, when I say fix, I mean like freeze it in, in a moment to yeah. eternalize something. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like literally an apocalyptic event happened that was so bad that now people can 
teleport and sometimes you're a ghost and you have a baby that lives on a backpack um and like the world has like gone to shit by every measure and like what are people trying to do in america but bring back amazon build back better but it starts with jeff bezos's company Mm -hmm. and and there's something like just maniacally just like mocking and dark about that and then the fact that like it extends into death you know, now now people are attempting to like because I read the beaches as like purgatory. Yep. They're they're meant to be like these these transitional spaces, right? Purgatory is 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 a is, is effectively in gaming parlance a loading zone. You know, you 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 go through the door opening animation before you can go to the next stage. And like now we have people that are trying to mine it, that are trying to meddle in it, that that are going there with extractive purposes in mind. Um, but you, you as Norman Reedus, uh, who plays Sam, delivery man, postman, bridges, like you're you're counter to that, right? Like you're 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 building fluidity that is seeking to like leave that fixity behind. You know that 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 final decision you make, where it's like, oh, do you shoot her or do you do nothing? Well, like no, you give her a hug. You know, yeah. you do this weird yeah. thing that like you you give a hug to a paradimensional apocalypse god. And then, like, everybody else is like, oh, it's time to throw away the baby because the, the baby's bad now. But you decide to, like, okay, no, you're going to move past this fixity. You're going to try something new. And, like, those little, those little sprouts of newness that kept breaking through the, like, uh, uh, beached thing goo. Like, that's what really captivated me in this game. Yeah, couldn't agree, could not agree more. And I love any game that has a dedicated hug button. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think that's it. I think that's adorable. And I love how much the game builds up this kind of like Chekhov's gun moment where it's like, oh, you'll know what to do. Right? That's yep. what that's what she, that's even what she says. Like, you'll know what to do, Sam, if you've been if you've been paying attention. And it's like there's a bit of me, a kind of maybe slightly cynical bit of me, which is like, oh, the gun is included as a way of like seeing if the hardcore gamers in the audience who were grousing about the fact that there's no real combat in this, and all you do is walk. What what are they gonna do if you give them a gun? After telling them again and again, after, after like, because this is a game that is so is is having a conversation with its player, right? It's mm. it's not one of these things which is trying to convince you of the existence of another world. This is this is this is Kojima trying to talk to you about the world that you live in now, right? If you spend spend so much time going, actually, fatal violence towards another person is almost world endingly bad and then and then you give someone a gun after they're expecting you know the competitive ranking of violence what are they gonna because to me it's like incredibly obvious of course you're not gonna sam's never gonna shoot this person we've spent like literally hours being told it's a disaster if you do was i i thought that was was so interesting too because this game is like I found it to be very conflicting on violence, you, you know, because because getting violent with people in an attempt to steal their Funko Pops so you can be the best Funko Pop delivery guy. Bad, bad, bad decision generally. But sometimes, you know, uh, a space god in the form of a demon whale uh, needs to take a couple few dozen rockets to the head to learn an important lesson about not interrupting my Funko Pop deliveries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like... If if they had put into this game that they were literally trying to frack the future, it would have fit. Yeah. It would have fit. That actually would have been like, like it hasn't. Like it just was. It was right. It, the language, the form, the Kojima form, if you will, was it gets wrapped up in this kind of like 
supranatural presentation that I think is very good and useful. And it's just a tonal choice. But like, if it were even a more realistic post-apocalyptic game, that it would be literally about someone trying to essentially dig into the future to keep the future alive only in a shell form and to extract all mm-hmm. meaning yes. and spend it in the form of surplus in the present. And, you know, the surplus going being like, it's very capitalistic, right? The, the surplus mm-hmm. value of the future goes in the form of like cultural doom scrolling for all of us and like, drug orgies for the very rich and powerful um and just in this case we sort of like it's about nuking the beach and letting the babies free or whatever like it, it has this like <laughs> it's just odd it's it's odd in its presentation it's kojima in its presentation but i think you both n- hit the nail on the head with how like this this is not this game is persuasive and not in the way that video games ever are nowadays essentially but in a like reconciliatory dialectic you could say so i'm i'm so happy you said frack the future (laughs) Um, (laughs) because that's that's how i read uh dead man and Heartman. yeah right like especially Heartman. like Heartman, uh he's very reminiscent of like when we do hey geography on like great man inventors and it's like, oh, Hartman, you know, he just wanted to see his wife and kid again. So he invented a machine that killed himself so he could see their ghosts for a fraction of a second every day. And that's how why we now have the Hartman machine installed in every home in the United States. And for $500 a minute, you can see the ghost of <laughs> yep. a former loved one imprisoned <laughs> in hell forever. <laughs> and like it, it, it's, it's these like like the, those two are like trying to do extraction on the afterlife but they're like those goofy first steps that later become the quirky story of like, oh, Jeff Bezos loved to tinker as a kid, didn't he? <laughs> oh my God, you're and right. I, yeah. And I actually think this is this is why this is why all of that weirdness is not is not just an aesthetic choice, right? Because it it's an aesthetics done for a particular purpose. Right. Because if oh, this it is was the most realistic game that's come out in exactly. <laughs> yeah, a hundred percent. Because like. If it was done in like very dry, realist terms, what you get is you get the commodification of the future, and right. you don't allow it to be this kind of. It's in a way, in a way, it's kind of very like early twentieth century surrealism. This idea oh, yeah. of like mm-hmm. how how do you liberate consciousness? Uh, and so it's weirdness, not just for the sake of being weird, but to actually go. If you think about the future imaginatively, can you possibly conceive of it differently? Right. Absolutely. This is this is like Russian cosmism or a Melies film or something. You're like, like, like the, the, this is the relative modern experience of like watching that that short movie of a train coming at the audience and we all jump out of the way because we think it's <laughs> yeah. going to get us. Yeah. It's yeah. the fact that they, except it's a baby. The fact that you don't get a lot of games <laughs> like this anymore. Or I shouldn't even say anymore, just at all. Um, it really made me think in that exact same sort of strain where I was thinking like, not actually it, it's kind of scary how much a lot of the popular reception of this game was, Oh, it's so weird. Oh, this is a weird game. What's going on here? It's like, Oh yeah, we're like uh, babies. And 
if something isn't one of the two brands of pablum that we're familiar with, we get a little bit nervous yeah. and a little upset. <laughs> exactly. Like, is, this isn't a Donkey Kong. What what happened? <laughs> um, yeah. Who do I get to murder? Yeah. Why don't I get to do murder? Yeah. And, and to go back to, to your point from a, a moment ago, John, about how this game is very much like in conversation with the player. It's also very much in conversation with the expectation of like Metal Gear fans, I think, or just yeah. fans of Kojima's. Oh, yeah prior work like um the one kind of uh semi sort of like boss fight sequence uh towards the end of the game you it almost turns into like a side view fighting game like big health bars yeah, it's, pop like up a, it's, it's like a, it's like a it's like a mortal combat see that felt like such an aggressive like is this what you fucking wanted you hugs and that comes not long before <laughs> yep. you know that you're gonna know what to do with that gun because he's he's telling you the whole fucking game you literally can't kill anyone or they turn into a nuke in the entire yep. game and then he, he like mocks the idea with this like Mortal Kombat sequence. Like it's it's, it's a, so it's good. amazing. It's so, it's so good. good. <laughs> yeah, so good. I, I I have notes here to place it in conversation with um one of the worst pieces of crap I've ever played in my entire life. Which I know I ask <laughs> for it, but so uh, Far Cry Six is oh boy. <laughs> an <laughs> unplayable mound of garbage. Um, even even more so than the usual Far Cry games, which all, all of which I've played. And um, I don't know why. I can't stop myself. I have tried to stop. I have no impulse control. Um, <laughs> but in Far Cry 6, which is set in a fictionalized Cuba during... Basically, oh, good. Boy. Well, here, well, it it defies your expectations. It's actually the main antagonist in the game is modeled off of the military junta, um, rather mm -hmm. than um, uh, communism. Um, but the revolutionary forces that you piece together to um, take back the island from a military junta um, are are all doing it. The first thing their their first priority is granting everyone the right to vote. So um, <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. But I want to talk about the uh, uh, cockfighting Mortal Kombat mini game in Far Cry Six, which is essentially <laughs> it's the exact same thing. To where all of a sudden you talk to a guy and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna do cockfighting. Do you want to hang out?" And all of a sudden now you're playing a fighting game with health bars and everything um this is the this is all far cry 6 is it's this it's this nasty assemblage mark a market created assemblage that feels completely synthetic um and lacks any and all soul that's attempting to sort of like plaster as much meaning and recognizable sort of like symbols in so to where like it distracts you enough to where you actually end up buying it what if we made it kind of like grand theft auto what if we also put <laughs> cockfighting in it and oh isn't this isn't it funny how it's like mortal Kombat or it's like around a street fighter or whatever and like you're standing there thinking like what am i what am i doing like 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 what exactly is this for who is exactly is this for um and this is the like, this is what's so smart about the Death Stranding Mortal Kombat 
simulation at the end of it and how it's directly in conversation with other discourses present in the same game is that like Metal Gear Solid was a game that like you didn't really do that kind of stealth in other video games. Like it was a game that was rewarding you to think when mm. the predominant discursive formation in popular gaming nowadays, I would go out on a limb to say is the exact opposite. Do not think about what you're doing. Just like open, unhinge your jaw and swallow the slurry as it's presented to you. Rather, you have this game, which is an entire game that punishes you for being violent. That is an, an inversion of the typical discourses of violence present in gaming. And then at the very end, uh, uh, dunks on you, like is <laughs> essentially making fun of you and just like Mortal Kombat. And like, <laughs> it's like, it, it's like, I think it's just very fitting. And it's a part of the, con- I think the sort of theme of the conversation that we've been having today, which is like this, this game cuts against the grain of, uh, cultural forms like it and that's what makes it at least interesting yeah my, i mean like my impression is like so much of contemporary gaming seems to be about basically it, it, it serves as the vanishing mediator between the player and the experience right you're not really mm-hmm. supposed to think i'm playing a game yeah you're supposed to be like i'm on i'm on the quest i mean i'm in immersed in the world but uh what i what i actually really really like about Death Stranding is the way that it constantly is calling attention back to you and going not not just like how do you how are you, are you engaging appropriately with the mechanical incentives that we've given you but like what do you actually think you know what like how 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 does this actually make you feel and in places yes it's very weird and boring and enormously pretentious but like that scene of like the the Mortal Kombat cutscene breakout boss fight <laughs> genuinely just made me laugh because yep. I was like, I, I see what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, um, there, there's another point in the game, and I wonder if you all have shared, shared this experience too with me, but like, uh, so Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, right, uh, mm. it, at, at some point in the series introduces uh, manuals. Right. And in order to successfully land a manual, you have to just like constantly wiggle the thumbstick back and forth to achieve balance. But but the Tony Hawk world is just it's just like pure spectacle, and in this game you you have to hold a manual for seventeen hours straight while you carry a backpack <laughs> full of junk across the wasteland, and like that that experience it had this weird effect with me where it was like bleeding back into like my under it was it was making me think about the mechanics of other games that I have never critically thought about Tony Hawk, I've just mm-hmm. played the game like little little bits of candy to shovel into my greedy little face. Yeah, but like, like l- looking back on it, and it's like, okay, like, how, how does this effectively change my experience of gaming mechanics? Because I'm being forced to like do this formalist deconstruction of like, oh, it's time for the balancing uh, uh, action button sequence, and now it just lasts for forever. <laughs> and then eventually, you unlock the skateboard, and you could just kind of like ride through the hills. Ah, hell yeah! <laughs> yeah, the flare of the game doesn't do anything for you. It doesn't, it's not doing anything. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not in service to me, which is yet another interesting like conversation between the game and the player, which it's like, and within the game, 
which it's just like what if what if service industry but the in in a nightmare you know a different one <laughs> yeah it, it literalizes it in such a cool way like all that essential worker and heroes talk it's like okay now you are literally the essential worker and an actual <laughs> hero yeah yeah um and it's like it kind of underscores the the genuine hollowness of how much of that contemporary discourse was internalized right this idea of like uh there's a lot there's a lot of talk in this of like you know sam's the hero this kind of mythical figure almost and a bit of me was like this is why they pull president mom right because otherwise mm-hmm. you end up you end up making something that's a political game it's right. a game about the kind of politics of connection and community mm. And they go, actually, we, eh, we we don't really want to do that. That seems like it might be a bit contentious. Uh, so it, it firstly has to be it firstly has to be made super specific and like very individualized. And at the same time, you have to kind of build it into a sort of myth. Yeah. Hmm. So you can you kind of skirt the politics. And, and I think like like just just a little statement uh, to to that that I think is really important is like you know like I've been making a lot of jokes about the Mountain Dew because I have to. But like the or not the Mountain Dew, the Monster <laughs> Energy Drink. Sorry, I'm getting my gamer juices confused. It's I all great IVs. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so you get the Monster Energy Drink and those shower scenes, and like uh, every 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 time Sam Porter, Delivery Man Bridges, has to wake up, he, you have to go through like nine different cutscenes, and like it's it's like so so much of this is just like this this is exactly what a depressing terrible day is like yeah you know like we we have like we have like this mythic hero who can travel to hell and back and is like slaughtering demigods left and right this god of war figure but like you know, a lot of our time with him is like watching him awkwardly shower pound uh, energy drinks and try on goofy hats <laughs> and charge his baby and charge yeah. his baby. to charge up the baby <laughs> Yeah, you're showering manually, you're pissing manually. It's not just something you do. You got to go out of your way to do it. Press all the buttons. Mm-hmm. Do we think that that is a, an actual model of Norman Reedus's ass that we see in the shower? It's got to be. It's yeah, it's got to be. be. It's got to be. It's got to be. Kojima wouldn't skimp on that. I think it's really brave of Hideo Kojima to challenge gamers in that way, taking a shower. You know, like, <laughs> right. Oh it's my God, it's so bold. Terrifying, right? Rick. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, shower, go outside and touch grass, make make friends IRL. I'm like, whoa, this game is just too much. This, this is a challenging text, folks. I, I don't actually recommend any of our listeners do any of those things. That's scary shit. <laughs> I like oh, how man. the only people who actually fucking help you and do anything except give you more jobs um, are the other like couriers the other porters mm-hmm. right leaving their little bits of road or bridge or um conveniently located ladders for you it's only the other <laughs> workers who ever do fucking anything for you everyone else is like here's more shit you got to deal with asshole yeah, ab- i mean hero absolutely <laughs> uh it's it's one of the, i think it's one of the coolest mechanics in the game right this idea that like stuff can just appear yeah and it's and it's someone who is doing something for you for no material gain right yeah. you don't you don't necessarily get anything by being like hey this is a convenient route for me maybe it'll help somebody else out and it's like this is what i mean when i say that like at its core it's it's deeply sincere and kind of optimistic about what people are like 
but mm. it, it it abstracts it away from being like um it doesn't depend on people liking you right <laughs> you know it's not yeah. like it's not yes. it's not like this is just your buddy who's left you a ladder because they know that you're going to come this way you're never going to see this person you're never going to cross paths with this person and it's the idea of like genuinely non-interested altruism as as the basis of kind of is this what Kojima thinks class consciousness is? So, so I think that there's something weirdly powerful that happens here. And it happens in a lot of games where you can interact with other players, but there's no like, no, no, like actual inner. It's not like an MMO where you're, you're in like a big room together and you're chatting and, and like all of that stuff. Um, but like the vast majority of interactions with this are just like altruistic and chill and sure, occasionally you'll get somebody who like puts a ladder up to a thing, and then you just fall down a mountain and you drop all your shit. But, but like the majority of it's just like so relaxing, and like I, I almost wonder if this is unintentionally like a, a massive global experiment on the nature of the human condition and what we would be doing if other social factors weren't mediating our decision making process. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's what I think. That's interesting. I'd be building zip lines to help my local delivery people. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah, I built a whole zip line network in the part of the map that's like really mountainous, so you could get everywhere like really, really quick. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, some of those showed up for other people, and they were like, "Oh, that's the solution to this area. It's great." And I think that's that's such a cool mechanic, and it's such a cool way of being like, "How do you make?" In a way, it reminded me a little bit of Journey. Mm. Uh, that mm-hmm. um, that basically that kind of like puzzle slash uh, walking simulator from a few years back, mm. where you just kind of you're just kind of climbing a mountain, and periodically someone else who is undergoing the same journey will just appear alongside you, and the only thing you can do is kind of like you can't talk and you can't fight them, and the only thing you can do is kind of like make these vaguely calming noises to one another and kind of accompany one another for a little bit. Um, I love and in a way, that's what it that's what it reminded me of. It's a very it's a really cool cool mechanic. You can get uh, the only thing you can get for putting a useful thing down that people enjoy is likes. But as far as I can tell, you cannot do anything with likes. Once again, <laughs> po- posters posters win. Once again, the, it's it's the poster that wins. If, if anyone who's left me left me anything on Death Stranding would like to let me know if you like me, yes or no, write to PO Box 420 in Walla Walla, Washington. Um, which is the a, uh, which is where the AGAP headquarters is underground. You'll never find it. Don't try. <laughs> um, and you can let me know whether I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I'm writing you a letter now just to make sure that you. Know. Oh, okay. Oh, excellent. <laughs> I, I I just I just sent a man with a baby taped to his torso to to find that PO box and leave you a note. <laughs> <laughs> the man was Norman Reedus, by the way. It was an incredibly expensive hire. Norman Reedus has been busy. <laughs> Gaming's number one ass model, I think it's safe to say. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you only get so many asses in, uh, in, in video games, so you gotta props to Kojima for, for doing it right, you know? <laughs> that's, that's called commitment to the form. Commitment to the form. I love Kojima's weird sense of humor. Like, there's one bit where you and um, uh, Del Toro's character are just, like, talking in a shower 
I think, so that other people can't hear you, and it's just like mm-hmm. uh, horrifically intimate. You're just right smushed up yeah. in there with them. It's great. You could tell Kojima thought that was the funniest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> like this is the thing that I didn't really expect, which is that like Kojima has clearly has just a very weird sense of humor. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I've I, I feel like I've been very intimately close with Guillermo del Toro now in ways that I'm not entirely comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it was a yeah, dream come true, you know. But <laughs> oh my, oh my god, like, like be, being this close to to Guillermo del Toro was like the best part of this game for me. I just wanted to. I wish I wish there was like button to shake hand repeatedly. <laughs> <laughs> why could why couldn't I? Why was there no button to hug Dead Man? And and let me live a very idiosyncratic dream. So, so something really interesting about video games is you don't get a lot of games that feel like a like an auteur's game. You know, you don't get a lot of them where mm-hmm. it's like you're not playing. Uh, a, a, I can't fucking think of anyone now. You're not playing like a Blizzard game and being like, oh, this is a Bobby Kotick. You know, you could tell everyone's sexually assaulting each other. Um. <laughs> A little bit of a little bit of industry drama humor for you, um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and every bit as much of a film, obviously, a video game is a massive fucking collective sort of endeavor, and we should you know be critical of the idea of like, oh, this is the the auteur's unfiltered vision. But I feel like with movies, you do get a lot more of that normally than games. Whereas I feel like Death Stranding is really like you see Kojima all over this game in a really big way that you you only normally get with indie games that are made by like a couple of people but then you're probably not familiar with them as artists in the same way you are with Hideo Kojima you know oh absolutely I I think this is it's it's interesting to talk about the kind of like auteurship of of gaming and I think like this this extends all the way back through gaming's history right like a, a novelty that's quickly marketed as as an attraction gimmick and then a toy, you know, it it, it is always struggled to have the same uh, inherent artistic merit and approach as things like film and the novel, which grew out of intentional explorations into the artistic rather than these kind of more t- uh, technological gadget uh, tinkerings. And and I think that like. A lot of the the humor that we're talking about, a lot of the character, a lot of the like honesty of this, like the fact that like there's almost no way to look at this that doesn't force you to look it in the eye comes mm. from that kind of like the people, the people who had their hands on the wheel while this was being made are like all very genuine in what they're creating. And isn't that kind of freedom, I don't know, a little more rare in the games industry, right? The freedom to because it's such a big business, because it's so collaborative, you know, the people, the people who control the purse strings generally do keep things very tightly um, restricted in a way that guarantees you a good return on, uh, on your investment, because that's what they're in the business of doing. They're not trying to make art. They're trying to make money. Yeah. Um, And, and so like, I think maybe the auteur is kind of like a rarer thing in game design and in gaming because there are a few people in that industry who have the uh, kind of reputational clout to allow them the freedom that other people get. Yeah, I guess you need that Kojima level clout to be allowed to make this game. 
other people wouldn't have been allowed to make this game this oh, yeah. way, you know? Yeah, can you can you imagine can you imagine Ubisoft hearing a pitch meeting for Death Stranding? <laughs> and they'll yeah, be like, games, okay, Death okay, Str- can you can you tell us about how many collectibles they're gonna be that people yeah. are gonna have? Can your yeah. pant can your pants make you shoot faster? <laughs> <laughs> oh, in-game NFT purchases rolling out in the next update. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, big real art. Art is posting a lot of L's, even more than usual. Yeah, big L's for art. <laughs> Pour one out. F's in the chat. Execute yeah, it everyone. Had a, it had a good run. It had a good run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did, did a lot of cool stuff, but it's time. It's time for society to to digivolve to ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> Which is another way of saying it's time for the Death Stranding. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> well that would put everyone on the same beach you know you we, we, a, lot, a lot of the characters in this game would get their wish of being able to just hang out with everyone indefinitely the beach is just a giant monkey nft that you're all standing <laughs> it's the on. board yacht or whatever the, the, ul- yeah. the ultimate board ape <laughs> again florida Flor- it's just florida <laughs> board ape stranding <laughs> Did you guys see the um the little like animated short that the they did with the board apes? Oh my god! Yeah, yes, the the one where he's like fighting a, a security guard or whatever. Yeah, I think he's getting chased by dogs at one point. Yes, yep, yep. Um, it was the I, worst thing I, I've ever watched. I I have I have no artistic or animation experience at all, none, and I promise you, I could make something that looked better than this. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, listen, personally, I think everyone involved in this story should die. You know, that's just me. <laughs> in, every, in, every, in, a, in a video game, in Death Stranding. Right. Yeah, in Death Stranding. But, and then come back, come back and do it again. But, but Death Stranding made out of clip art. Yeah. You know, out of yeah. emoji or whatever. <laughs> I, I have so much more respect for like clip art than I do most of these. Most of these NFTs just look like really bad asset flips. Yeah. They're all like, oh, yeah. so, so shameless. It's like someone learning pixel art. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Art just posting yet more L's. It's, it's fine. You know. A, a much worse Death Stranding is if this game would have been made two years later and instead of working for like uber eats during the apocalypse you're working for like some kind of weird nft startup oh fuck <laughs> that's gonna so be death stranding too don't worry in, <laughs> instead of instead of delivering monster energy drink you're just breaking into people's crypto wallet <laughs> in in death stranding too all that optimism is gone norman reedus just lets the fucking world die <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> All right, guys. We should probably get wrapping up here pretty soon. Anyone have any sort of final things you wanna you wanna say about hit Kojima title Death Stranding? Uh, uh, Hideo Kojima reads uh, Gayo Kegel. Uh, next, no further qu- no further no further questions. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Play it, uh, enjoy it, and em- embrace embrace the weird dragging monotony. Uh, that that is occasionally punctuated with having to arm wrestle the divine into submission so you can get back to your app job. 
Uh, Mads Mikkelsen dad, best dad. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh, clearly, yeah, without flaw. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, at the very least, play this for the Norman Reedus shower scenes. I mean, those are those are worth their 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 <laughs> admission ticket. That's right. I don't want to. I don't want to underplay the uh, <laughs> um, importance of yeah. this. You know, this this moment of vulnerability from all those involved in this. Um, and by of course, I mean all of the uh, all of the plugs for Monster Energy Drink. Um, <laughs> sponsor which, the pod yeah 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 um monster energy drink it's doing something to you <laughs> don't worry about it monster energy yeah. don't, don't worry about it. it yeah monster energy your pee is supposed to be that color <laughs> it does i'm look, actually does. drinking a monster uh energy uh as we speak i thought that would be appropriate <laughs> It does make Brave you soul. it does make your piss look like you're you have jaundice. <laughs> it does a bit, actually. Mo- <laughs> Monster energy. Ghosts will hate your piss. <laughs> throw, throw your piss at the ghosts. That's right. That's the real lesson from this game, right? Is the pa- is the power of piss. Yeah, um, the ghosts are really metaphorical for the things that are sort of keeping us from from connecting as people, right? Mm-hmm. So you throw your piss at like your own shit. anxieties i guess <laughs> yeah. and and like systemic sort of barriers between you and others throw your piss at that if you can. it's like the suits yeah. in dune yeah. <laughs> this is this is a reintegration of bio mundanity into sacred experiences as a way to pry us out of this kind of uh, capitalist realistic leaden horizon groove that we're imprisoned in if 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 even our piss can touch the divine what's stopping the rest of us <laughs> Oh my god, the piss is going to set us free. <laughs> I think Kojima's on to something. I think we need to really follow this train of thought through. <laughs> That's really what the Gospel of John was getting at. You know, the piss will, <laughs> will set you free. Can I just say that after playing this game, um, I went on like a huge Mickelson movie binge because he's so good in this. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. Any listener, anyone who who only knows this guy for like his roles in like um um like American films where he normally just plays like a comic book villain, or I guess in British mm-hmm. films he plays a James Bond villain. Like he is so underutilized. Watch him in Danish movies. He's from Denmark. He's so fucking good. I highly recommend Another Round. It's a good movie about him. Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Mads Mikkelsen is a teacher, and him and a couple other teacher friends, they uh, run an experiment where they, um, much like the Mitchell and Webb sketch, they they have uh, one and three-quarter drinks going uh, throughout the day, just keeping a buzz on <laughs> and watching their productivity and confidence uh, skyrocket. And um, as you can imagine, there are some consequences to this. It's, it's a very good movie. Mads Mikkelsen is so fucking good in it. God damn. That's that's my plug. It's for another round <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, Horror Vanguard lads, where can the good people at home find you? Uh well, you can find us uh haunting anywhere that you get your whatever local outlet you get your organically grown podcasts from, we will be there. Uh, at Horror Vanguard for, on social media. You can support the show as well if you want access to some excellent bonus features. Um, you can listen to the show to to hear excellent guests such as our very own Labour Kyle. 
uh, talking for, uh, for about anything and everything to do usually with with weird ways of thinking about history. But like, this is what we do. We talk about horror movies. We talk about capitalism. Uh, we talk about the three most important things, friendship, communism, and occasionally spooky films. Uh, but <laughs> And we're both on Twitter too much as well. Uh, I am at the Litcrit Guy and Ash. I am at Derovania. And if you want to unlock the 100% completion Steam achievement, you can check out our appearances on Labor Kyle's YouTube channel, the Vegan Vanguard podcast, the Left Page podcast, and a whole bunch of other places uh, from our beach to yours. Fuck, Kyle, these guys have a really good plug. We need to work on our shit. Ours is just like us trying to remember what the Twitter is. <laughs> so, so Honestly, I think that's the best one we've ever done. <laughs> it's really good. So Agab is life-changing, and it's true. And uh, if you if you want Fifty dollars. Go to agab at agab pod on Twitter, <laughs> and if you you go there and then you open up Pokemon Red, and then if you get into five hundred encounters in the Viridian Forest, a blue Pikachu will appear, and he will give you fifty dollars. Oh. I, I did it this morning. It's true. <laughs> see, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, and then you can finally move the truck and get Mew. Yes, that's right. That's right. And then you use that. Yeah, you go and you use that $50 to move the truck. And then Mew appears and gives you another $50. And that's all from Agab. So, yeah. um, oh, man, how, how, else, how, how else do I juice it up? You should probably also plug yourself. Oh, yeah. I'm at, I'm at Labor Kyle on Twitter and YouTube. And, uh, you can go look at my face uh, while you hear my voice. Um, there win, win, baby. And, yeah, and you can you can watch the many shows that I have been making, including one for uh, the Zero Books YouTube channel with one the Lit Crit guy called Profane Illuminations. And if you go to just go to Twitter, and all of it's there. <laughs> Okay, right. where do when you went in doubt? Went in doubt. Oh, oh no, I don't. I don't know if I want to give that advice to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you can also find me on Twitter at K and Skittles uh, and on YouTube. Same name. I just put out a video on the history of of anti protest propaganda, which uh, I recommend people check out because it will happen again uh, probably before the end of the year. I'm sure there'll be more things to protest because everything is bad. Uh, and that's it. That's it from us. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Ash and John, so much for joining us on this episode where we talk about uh, piss and uh, friendship, which I think is really... That's what most video games are about, but that's really what this video game is about. Absolutely. It's be beautiful. Beautiful sentiment. Thank you for having us. Piss and friendship. <laughs> piss and friendship to you both. <laughs> All gamers are bastards. Mamma mia. America. 
is a lie. Is a lie. Is a lie. Is a lie.